0: She thinks that the cure to COVID is to stop eating so that your body can focus on fighting the virus instead of digesting food. My mom has lost so much weight to the point where it terrifies me to look at her. She looks like a Tim Burton character.
1: This is the QDrop podcast, and these are the stories of Families Torn Apart by QAnon. When I was a kid, my grandma used to make this veggie dip that my cousins and I went nuts for. It's Uncle Dan's California Dill Dip. You can still find it in stores and ladies, gents, and MDs, let me tell you, it is absolutely worth hunting down. It's glorious. I always enjoyed big family events for a lot of reasons, but one of them was absolutely that dill dip. My grandma T would always just plop it down right in the center of a plate of veggies and I'd run to it as she pulled off the saran wrap and I'd always jump in with cauliflower first. It was always best with cauliflower, in my opinion. Inevitably, However, I would be in mid-crunch when my mom would catch up to me and make some comment about how the dip was fattening and how she would eat her veggies without it. That was, of course, the diet buzzword in the 80s and the 90s. Everything was fattening. This was normal in our world. My mother, along with most of her siblings, were completely obsessed with diet and nutrition. She still is. It's impossible to cook for her. She brings her own meal to family get-togethers and she refuses to eat when we go to restaurants. The list of things she will and will not eat is ever-changing as each new wellness guru graces her social media timelines. And our guest today, Catherine, says that her mom is the exact same way. Well, you can listen to parts of my story on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. We're jumping into Catherine's today. Quick trigger warning, this episode contains references to some homophobic remarks. So Catherine is from Arizona. She's a grad student studying urban planning, and when she's not in school, she's usually working at a law firm to pay the bills. Catherine comes from a German family. Her dad was born in the United States, but... His parents had moved to the U.S. from Germany, and he grew up bouncing around as a military brat. Catherine's mother, on the other hand, emigrated to the U.S. from Germany when she was a young adult. They are German through and through, and Catherine has relatives on both sides of her family who still reside in Germany. Germany is a country we'll likely be discussing a lot on the Q-Dropped podcast for good reason. That reason will probably come as a shock to you. It certainly did to me. Catherine, our guest today, is the one who informed me of this statistic. Outside of the US, Germany has the most QAnon adherence in the world. I know. As a resident of North America, watching the Q and MAGA madness sweep across our land, I would always look toward Europe as a place we could escape to if things got bad enough here. I looked at places like Germany, Denmark, Sweden as havens for those of us with progressive values and certainly not places that could ever become infested with red hats. But here we are in 2022. A time when even calm, cool, and collected modern Germany has been overrun by Q believers. Now listen, you're a Q-dropped listener, which means that you, like me, require evidence for significant claims. So I went ahead and linked some data in the show notes regarding the rise of QAnon in Germany. That way you can verify what I've said for yourself. So why Germany? What is it about Germany that makes its residents a little bit more vulnerable to conspiratorial thinking? Is there something unique about this country that has resulted in more QAnon adherence than, say, New Zealand or Switzerland or Japan? When I sat down with Catherine for this episode, she told me she felt that yes, yes, there is something unique about Germany that had led the country down this path.
0: I still fully believe that the uh, war that happened, World War II, that uh, that in Germany has significantly affected them and has started some sort of generational trauma with the government, with distrust, with all this thing, uh, all these things going on, you know, worries of famine. You know, my my grandmother would tell me stories. My grandmother, my, my mother's side would tell me stories about how she was so hungry. She would climb under furniture to find like coffee beans to eat and things like that. And so definitely this very like apocalyptic, like high stress Uh, I I don't know if personality is the right term, but behaviors were passed down to my parents.
1: The Second World War, of course, saw the rise of fascism in multiple states around the world, but most significantly in Germany. The German government was clearly working against its people, using terror, propaganda and military might to keep the people in check. This isn't an easy thing to recover from as a people and has left deep scars in their culture. When we look back at it in this context, it makes more sense why today's German citizens might take their anti-establishment mindset to the extreme. Interestingly, episode four of the Drop podcast which is the next one features a guest from Germany who suggests very similar ideas as Catherine. So make sure you're subbed to hear that story. Catherine's parents were both German. They had that in common, but they differed in many other ways. Catherine's dad was an engineer and he was more right leaning politically, while Catherine's stay at home mother considered herself to be more
0: progressive and left leaning. You know, she would always say that we are, you know, she was loving, accepting of
1: everyone. With a deep distrust of the establishment, of course, always seems to come a distrust of modern medicine. It's like clockwork, and the more people I speak to about this, the more this point is driven home. Catherine's mother was that alternative medicine mom, just like mine. She was always dishing out the apple cider vinegar, the essential oils, and the turmeric teas, and she swore that they would cure everything from rashes and allergies to cold cases from
0: 1902. My mom was very into the... Uh what I like to call like the liberal wellness culture that you kind of see in like Oregon, like I used to live in Oregon, where she was very non-GMO, no pesticides. Um, She did oil pulling. I remember she would put spoons of coconut oil in my mouth to do oil pulling because that gets like I don't know like demons out of you or whatever i don't remember what her logic was toxins um i remember like uh when i was a kid in elementary school we had to buy like clorox wipes to clean your desks in school uh i was not allowed to have clorox wipes i had to have a bottle of vinegar
1: (laughs) catherine's mother would be drawn into diet fad after diet fad something i'm all too familiar with i've watched my mother cut out gluten despite not being a celiac I've watched her decide soy products are bad, when I was a kid anything with sugar was bad until fat became the naughty ingredient, eventually it became carbs, now it's GMOs, iodized salt, and ordinarily grown produce not marked organic. The list of things my mom will eat can fit on a post-it note. Catherine's mother sounds like she'd get along just fine with mine.
0: My mom would go through these like diet fads where it's not so much like lo- for the purpose of losing weight but just just weird stuff like for a while she wasn't eating tomatoes. Uh tomatoes were unhealthy for some I don't remember. Um, but it would just kind of switch. And then once I was in high school, she kind of stuck with like the keto diet thing. And
1: and of course, once you find yourself down the diet and wellness rabbit hole and you're accepting claims without evidence, it's only a matter of time before you stop trusting vaccines. For Catherine's mom, it was sometime
0: around 2011. You know, I remember also uh, in middle school, that was when she kind of became anti-vax. So that was around... 2011, I would say, was when I started to hear lots of murmurings about, like, you know, oh, the vaccines did do this and do that, and they're so horrible.
1: Things only became
0: more extreme from there. Um, she stopped vaccinating our pets. Um, she stopped—we uh, had an older dog, and she stopped giving that older dog medications uh, for her. She, The older dog had a chronic illness, and she thought that the, uh, the medications would make it worse.
1: In episode one, we heard about Bruce's ex-daughter-in-law— who thought she could cure his chronic illness with essential oils. In episode two, we spoke to Hale, whose mother thought she could cure his COVID with colloidal silver. I wish we could have taken a break from this pattern, so reminiscent of my own experiences, but we cannot, sadly. Catherine's mom thought Google was all she needed to cure Catherine's health conditions.
0: Um, She thought I had bowel issues, and so she would give me uh, herbal laxatives to the point where I almost passed out one time because she gave me so many.
1: Catherine's mother didn't stop at health and nutrition with her inability to accept reality for what it is. She saw everything as though it was part of a conspiracy.
0: She just thought, like everything was a conspiracy the chemtrails in the sky were bad i've heard about chemtrails since probably i came out of the womb um so the chemtrails she was worried about emf in a house she thought if i slept too close to any electronic device Um, I was going to get cancer. If she would use a blender, she would make me, like, leave that room or go to the other side of the house because she didn't want the EMF to, like, go through me. She has all these little plug-ins on her wall still that, like, filter dirty electricity. This was all happening while Catherine
1: was still living at home. She was young and didn't think to question what her mom was telling her. Understand this was normal for Catherine. This is how she believed the world to be because she trusted her mother, as most kids
0: do. It was weird growing up in that because you think like, oh, like my mom is right and my mom is here to protect me. And I do genuinely believe that she thinks in her mind she was protecting me, but she
1: was wrong. Being raised this way presented challenges in Catherine's social life. She couldn't see outside of the bubble her mother had erected around her. She had no reason to think her mother would not be telling her the truth.
0: I can remember one time my mom was against fruit for a while. My friend was eating a ton of strawberries and I looked at her and I was like, oh, you know, my mom says that if you eat too many strawberries, you're going to get diabetes.
1: In addition to the conspiracy theories and the pseudoscience that her mother had presented as truth, Catherine felt she had also been led to believe that her mother was a progressive person who supported marginalized groups like the LGBTQ community.
0: I always knew like deep down, like, okay, well, at least my mom is like a good person. Like if I came out as gay, my mom wouldn't be mad at me. Well, I came out as gay in high school and my mom was mad at me. And so then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just try to imagine that. You're in high school.
1: Like every other human on earth, you're struggling to find your place in the world and to sort out who you are. On top of the awkwardness we all experience navigating puberty, peer pressure, and facing life-altering decisions for the first time, you also know that you're gay. As a result of all of this, your confidence is fragile, and it needs insulation. It needs some protection from the cruel world. You may be growing and coming into your own, but you're still a kid, and you think at least I still have my mom, right?
0: At least she would never judge me. But then she does. She cried. And she, you know, was very, very upset. And I think it was more so, you know, she... And her words were, uh, I wanted to have normal children. And I understand what she meant because she worded it in a way where she said that she didn't want me to suffer and she didn't want me to face homophobia or things like that. She didn't want me to have a target on my back. Um but it's also, like, I wonder, a part of me wonders often, like, you know, was this also, like, a dream of hers that was kind of shattered? That she would to have this daughter that would grow up and, like, have a husband and kids and stuff like that. Was that also shattered in that moment? Um, and so, while I don't believe that she's, like, fully homophobic, I think she definitely has some kind of internalized, like, homophobia towards um, me especially back then. Surprisingly,
1: it was Catherine's right-wing father who was more supportive. I remember she
0: called my dad into the room. My dad, I was nervous about because, like I said, my dad was never liberal. He was never left-wing. He never voted Democrat. Um, and he came in. My mom told him. And he just shrugged and he was like, "Oh, I don't care. Like this is dumb." And <laughs> like, and so, and my mom was then mad at him for not having uh, more of a reaction. But to this day, you know, my dad. Uh, I still think is like my biggest supporter in that aspect. I don't think my dad has ever viewed me differently. I don't think my I've ever crushed any of my dad's dreams.
1: Still, Catherine began to feel uncomfortable in her own home. She decided to move out as soon as she was legally able to.
0: I moved out of my parents' house and things kind of seemed to like simmer down. When we come back,
1: everything takes a turn when the pandemic hits. If you're a patron of the Q-Dropped podcast, you're going to get instant access to bonus material from this episode, as well as all future episodes. Bonus material may include extras that didn't make it to the final cut, as well as video content of the interview being recorded. We might even throw in some patron-only episodes from time to time. Pledges start at just $3 per month. So sign up now at the link in the show notes. If you want to support our podcast for free, please rate and review it on your favorite podcast platform. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and like the video on YouTube, as well as leave a comment for the algorithm gods. All of this really helps us out and it helps us to get the podcast out to more people. Of course, You can also send the podcast to people in your life who you think might appreciate this show. Thank you in advance. Now back to the episode. After growing up in a household that seemed to be adopting increasingly extreme views, Catherine found independence peaceful. She was living on her own and maintaining a tolerable distance from her fringe-thinking mother. It was, as the Honors like to say, the calm before the storm. COVID reared its ugly head and sent her family spiraling into deeper, more untethered conspiratorial thought. Catherine says that within about a week of hearing the first murmurings of a pandemic, her mother had changed completely
0: my mom was a different person she had completely switched political sides like over the course of like a week my mom before like i said was very very like left wing um problematic left wing for sure but you know was very active and like you know spreading like love and blah 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 and all this stuff and you know except everybody except for when your own kid is gay and then you kind of are awkward around her but whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> um And then it's like all of a sudden, you know, my mom used to be like, oh, you know, like F Donald Trump and this, that and the other. But then all of a sudden she's telling me like, you know, I think Donald Trump is right. From there,
1: Catherine says everything began to slip away from her. My mom's a
0: stay at home mom to this day. She she doesn't work. She doesn't work since uh, I was a kid. And so all the only really outlet that she has is the Internet. And she you know, doesn't really have a formal education. She never really grew up around computers. In my opinion, she doesn't really know how to find misinformation or kind of categorize what is real and what is not on the Internet. And then obviously we have algorithms. And so all of a sudden she's being bombarded with on YouTube, you know, uh, this chemtrail stuff again, vaccines, COVID is a hoax, uh, Donald Trump was right, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Armageddon is coming. Suddenly, Catherine's mother
1: began taking an interest in arming herself.
0: My mom, who is a very outspoken anti-gun person, went out and got shooting lessons and bought a bunch of guns.
1: Catherine didn't recognize this version of her mother.
0: She called me one day and she said, you come to my house at night, you have to let me know because I will go. If I don't know you're out there, I will go out there with my gun.
1: When mask mandates began popping up across the United States, Catherine happily donned one to protect herself, those she loved, and people who had compromised immune systems. Her mother didn't like that.
0: My mom would be like, you know, you're breathing in your own CO2, you're going to choke yourself to death and give yourself cancer.
1: It was only a matter of time before Catherine's father would be drawn into her mother's beliefs, which were becoming progressively more unhinged with each passing day
0: he wouldn't wear a mask anywhere he would refuse to he would wear instead a lanyard with a badge that said you know i am using my right to free speech and not wear a mask and we the people and stuff like that and he wore that everywhere it was embarrassing because i remember like um i needed some help in my home uh, some uh, like handyman help and my dad is an engineer so he's always good with that and so i asked him hey can you come over help me we went to home depot uh refused to wear a mask. I was wearing my mask and I was like, oh my God, like, this is actually like, regardless of like COVID and everything, this is so embarrassing. Cause like, it, it's like, even if you don't believe in the masks, in my opinion, it's like, just follow the rules. Like, you know, and then go home and go on your weird echo chamber on the internet. Like nobody cares that some white guy in Arizona is not wearing a mask.
1: When Catherine decided to get vaccinated against COVID-19, she did it without telling her family. Out of fear of judgment from her parents,
0: I got vaccinated in secret, and then I felt so much guilt that I had to tell my that I told my parents. <laughs> and my dad, you know, he's definitely not as hot headed as my mom is, and so he, you know, he explained to me that he was upset and that he was worried, um, and he tried to send me some like links. Um, but like, I'm like, dude, you're an engineer. Like, you don't know anything about like how vaccines work. And he goes, well, oh, I've read the data. I'm like, you don't know how to interpret the data. I'm like, you know, my partner's a biochemist and she has a hard time interpreting the data. Her parents haven't let it go. I'll sneeze on the phone with my mom. If, I, if I'm talking to her and she'll be like, oh, it's because you got that COVID vaccine and you're going to die young now. And, you know, shortly after I got the vaccination, I was diagnosed with PCOS, which is a genetic condition that generally isn't, diagnosed until your early 20s but you technically have it since you're in puberty um, my mom's convinced that it's you know from the vaccine and that there's no way it could be genetic because she doesn't have it which she does she has literally cysts on her ovaries because she also has polycystic ovarian syndrome
1: it was at this point during my conversation with Catherine that she said something that really hit home with me
0: and i remember when i got the vaccine like i was part of was scared i knew the science. But there was a part of me being raised in this environment where you all you hear all day long is that, you know, everyone is out to get you. Everyone with the Ph.D. and M.D., everyone in the government is out to get you personally. Part of me, like I got home, I sat down, I turned my partner. I was like, am I going to die? (laughs) Like, Am I actually like, what if I do die? What if my mom was right all along? And and obviously, like it was just a a kind of like a mental breakdown moment. But I understand now, like, that's not going to happen. I'm going to be fine.
1: I felt the same during my vaccinations and boosters. I'm a staunch supporter of science and require evidence to believe any significant claims that have the potential to change my life. I have been tweeting about this for years. I wrote a 9,000-word piece about the safety and efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccines, complete with peer-reviewed sources. The link is in the show notes. I am the last person who should ever fear the vaccines. And yet, as I sat there getting inoculated, knowing I'm doing the right thing and understanding the facts and evidence, I still felt anxious. And it's all because of my mom. It's irrational and weird to sit there and feel pride in the step you're taking to end all of this madness. And somewhere in your mind is your mother's voice that you have to actively block out. I know exactly what Catherine was talking about. Sadly, her mother continues to absorb misinformation about everything to do with COVID. It's not just the virus or the vaccines. Either. She also distrusts COVID tests.
0: She would beg me, she'd like hand like cry and call me because uh, my university would make me do random COVID tests. Go, please don't do the, the nostril thing. I didn't do the nostril thing because so I was scared I did the spit one because <laughs> I just don't want anything in my nose. But um yeah, so she was like, Oh, and then I told her, No mom, I took the I took the spit one, like it's it's not a big deal. She goes, Oh, now they have your DNA on file, like Catherine's mother has
1: developed some questionable theories on curing COVID itself as well.
0: She thinks that the cure to COVID is to stop eating so that your body can focus on fighting the virus instead of digesting food.
1: In an effort to stave off COVID, Catherine's mother has reduced her caloric intake drastically.
0: My mom has lost so much weight to the point where it terrifies me to look at her. She looks like a Tim Burton character.
1: Some of Catherine's extended family who are German residents have also succumbed to the QAnon theories.
0: My cousin, who uh, she's in Germany, she's I believe she's in her early 40s. I don't talk to her very much because she's also QAnon. And that's another thing that baffles me is that she has nothing to do with America, American politics. She's aside from my mom, she has no relation to America. And she's highly invested in Trump and American politics. And she thinks that you know the German government is gonna take her home because she has too much square footage for one person. They want to put like immigrants into her house. It's gone all the way over to Europe. Today, Catherine's mother is obsessively
1: stockpiling water, preparing for a water service shutoff
0: that she is sure is just around the bend. My mom eventually, towards the end of 2020, started stockpiling on giant kegs of water, like these big huge. She, they, she has her whole house lined in them, black cylinders. They're like barrels filled with water because she thinks that our water's going to get shut off.
1: In an attempt to draw her parents from QAnon, Catherine asked for her partner's help in explaining things like nutrition and vaccines. As a biochemist, her partner had the credentials and knowledge to try and explain things to Catherine's parents. Their response was, right out of the QAnon
0: playbook they just turn to me and they go oh she's been brainwashed by the public universities
1: after the break catherine's mother communicates with aliens the q drop podcast is produced by porthos media a canadian independent audio video and written content company If you're in need of audio or video production, editing, or copywriting, visit www.porthosmedia.net. The Q-Drop podcast theme song, Mother of Alice, is written, performed, and produced by Porthos Media. So get in touch if you need original music for your upcoming project. Recently, Catherine's sister contacted her to tell her that their mother was convinced she was speaking to aliens.
0: My sister essentially reached out to me and she said, hey, you know, mom's on some kooky stuff again. She's saying that, you know, you can summon aliens with your mind. And, uh, you know, the reason why like aliens are there and the reason why we can't see them is because, you know, we're impure and they're pure. She also learned that her mother was looking to take a course
1: to learn how to summon those aliens a course which costs $1,000. Her parents, who had always managed their money well, staying out of debt and avoiding poor financial decisions, have gotten into some financial trouble recently after being convinced that major economic upheaval was imminent.
0: They were um, trying to invest in, I'm not sure what, they never really told me the specifics from what I understand. It was Bitcoin. Um, and things kind of went haywire, and now like financially they're they're in the can. Like it, it, it's 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 bad.
1: Here's another way that Catherine's story is just like my own. My parents don't own that they are QAnon adherents. They don't see the connection between what they believe and the QAnon worldview, despite the fact that every conspiracy theory they embrace is straight from a Q drop on HN. Catherine's parents also don't understand that they are, in fact, Q followers.
0: My parents don't know that they're QAnon, uh, but their ideologies and the trends of things that they talk about are parallel to what is popular in the QAnon trending things. And I remember I, I called my parents. I said, hey, like, do you guys know what Q or QAnon is? They said no. To this day, they say no. Despite the temptation to do
1: so, Catherine won't explain QAnon to her parents.
0: Because I don't want to give them that outlet and that group of people. I don't want to give them even more access. Um, because I know, especially my mom, Once she goes into it, she's going to go full into it. When Catherine
1: thinks about the future, she can't help but worry about her sister.
0: With my sister still being there, it does concern me. And so she plays along with my mom. My mom tells her these conspiracy theories. And she plays along um, and pretends like she's like on the same page as my mom. And I worry, you know, there's only... So many times you can lie to yourself before you stop before you start believing it. That's my biggest fear is that my sister will eventually turn QAnon on.
1: She vows to look out for her sister despite no longer living with her.
0: So I just try and keep tabs on her and, you know, let her know that I'm there for her. And I'll send her, like, some podcasts that I'm listening to and just trying to check on her mental health and everything. But, yeah, it, it's rough. It's terrifying.
1: When she does touch base, though... Catherine hears the way her mother has been talking about her.
0: My sister tells me that my mom tells my sister that I am a liar and that I'm brainwashed and things like that. And that's hard to hear, too, um, that my mom basically goes behind my back and talks, like, mad shit about
1: me. (laughs) Catherine also worries about her mother's well-being.
0: I'm violently worried about my mom and her health because she is just simply not eating. And the things that she does eat are these, you know, hokey like health foods that aren't really health foods. They're just kind of are trash. Like it's not a balanced diet. She's not eating enough. And, you know, she tells me all the time, oh, I'm so tired. I'm like, well, I wonder
1: why. Like She also has a great deal of concern for her father as well.
0: I don't ever see him eat either. And I, I'm not sure how much of it is his own free will or my mother's influence.
1: Like everyone else we've spoken with for this podcast, Catherine is at a loss for what to do. Nothing seems to work to wake her parents up.
0: There's no point in arguing because... Every fact, everything you pull up is just a brainwashed piece of media. This is what the media wants you to believe. It seems like there really is no way to argue with people like that.
1: Going forward, Catherine says her relationship with her parents will continue to be strained. In the past year, she's barely spoken to her mom outside of short texts and sharing photos of their pets. When they do talk, the conversation is limited to just surface topics Another sentiment we are getting used to hearing.
0: Just talk about other things, like talk about, you know, I have dogs, my mom has dogs. I try to talk about my dogs if I'm talking with my mom and try to, you know, reference like old memories and things like that. And the second it turns into QAnon, it's an immediate hang up. Like I won't subject myself to that anymore because it's
1: horrible. It's horrible. It's challenging for Catherine to keep her distance because she loves her parents and she knows they love her.
0: And that's what's also hard is like, I know that they do this because, in their reality, in the world that they've subscribed to, this is how you protect your children from the enemies that they've obviously created in their head. But to them, it's very real. Catherine's
1: partner has all out refused to go to her parents' house.
0: That's to the point where my partner refuses to go to my parents' house. Like, if I need to go pick something up or if I want to say hi to my sister or whatever, my partner is like, you know, every time, you know, you leave the room, even go to the bathroom, your mom mom starts showing me supplements and trying to get me on, like, some supplement that she saw on the internet. My mom's talking about ivermectin for COVID or whatever. My mom, growing up, didn't even give our dogs ivermectin because she thought it was poison. Like me, Catherine
1: is tired. It is truly and indescribably exhausting to spend time with someone you love who is no longer the person you love, avoiding conversation minds and pretending that nothing is going on in the world except the weather.
0: I just want to distance myself from
1: it. Despite choosing to keep her distance, it hasn't been easy for Catherine.
0: Watching this person wither away, this person I don't recognize from my childhood, um, this person who is way more scared, super, like, almost hateful, uh, it just kind of unraveled before me, and it makes me sad. It makes me angry. um, But at the same time, I've realized that there's not much I can do other than talk about it and kind of make it seem like less of a joke because it's it's not a joke. It's like a grieving process for someone who's who's not even gone yet. Often my mom will tell me something and it feels like another like leaf from her tree is falling. I don't think lots of people realize how damaging it is to families.
1: When I asked Catherine what the final straw was that made her want to distance herself from her parents altogether, Catherine had a heartfelt response.
0: The lack of trust for like humanity. I see how she views everyone other than herself, where they are bad and I am the only good one. And it's like, you know, she thinks that people are gonna come and break in her windows and rob her or whatever. And so she bought guns and so she, you know, is stockpiling water. And I feel like she's constantly up in arms with the rest of the world. You know, she would tell me all the time, you know, with my partner, um, oh, you know, you can never fully trust her. She's been brainwashed by the university and she doesn't have your best interests like I do. My partner has never given anyone any reason to, to think that. I, like, She is an incredible person. It's really hard to see like that that is my mom's outlook on how other people are. This QAnon thing is perpetuating this thing that it's an us versus them thing, but them doesn't exist. Most people are good.
1: I want to thank you for listening to the QDROP podcast and all my gratitude to Catherine for sharing her story with us. Next week, we hear from Flo, a German resident whose parents sold the family home and moved to a whole other country without a word.
0: I told my girlfriend, man, if they get like stupid ideas. They might sell the house and just leave the country or something. And everyone was like, nah, they're not stupid. You know, that's crazy. It's their dream house. You know, that's all they ever wanted. But then it happens.
1: To hear that episode, make sure you're subscribed to the QDROP podcast on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. The links are all in the show notes. You can hear bonus material from this episode as well as video clips from other episodes, including parts of my own story on Patreon, The link is also in the show notes. If you have a loved one down the QAnon rabbit hole, we want to hear from you. Go to PorthosMedia.net slash QDropped and fill out the form at the bottom to get in touch. Thanks for listening.